In an effort to take a look at safety in schools, the Roaring Fork School District is hosting meetings tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday throughout the valley. Each meeting will be in two sessions, English from 5 to 6.30 p.m. and Spanish from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Tonight's meeting is at Roaring Fork High School in Carbondale, tomorrow night at Glenwood Springs Middle School and Basalt High School on Wednesday. The district school board is also hosting an online meeting tomorrow, February 27th, to discuss finalist superintendent candidates. The meeting begins at 545 and will include discussion of each candidate. The agenda and online meeting link are available at rfsd.diligent.community/portal. A recent press release from the developers of the Black Mountain Project in Basalt states that eight of the seasonal glamping tent setups and several residential units had been removed from plans in order to decrease density. The change was made in response to requests from the Basalt Down Council. Fifty percent of the proposed units remain deed-restricted affordable housing, and the 12 Riverside cabins are still on the table. A meeting to discuss the sketch plan with Basalt Town Council is tomorrow night, Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m. States in our region are split when it comes to regulating abortions. A new report shows Idaho has lost more than 20 percent of its OBGYNs in the 15 months since the state criminalized abortions. The Idaho Physician Wellbeing Action Collaborative partnered with the Idaho Coalition for Safe Health Care on the analysis. Julie Lucetta reports for the Mountain West News Bureau. Valley County Family Care Obstetrician and Coalition Representative Caitlin Gustafson says the dramatic decrease in physicians can only be attributed to the state's strict abortion bans. What we're seeing in this report and with this exodus of providers is that now Idaho is a state that criminalizes physicians and the chilling effect is real. Gustafson says as Idaho's population increases, its physician population should as well. Instead, she says the state is in crisis. When you have to make that choice to come to a state um, where there are laws in effect that could negatively um, impact your practice, you will often choose to go to another state where you don't have to weigh the law in the essential health care that you provide. She says this will affect rural communities the most as they already struggle with recruiting OBGYNs. Under state law, physicians can face up to five years in prison for providing abortions. Julie Duqueta, Boise State Public Radio News. Since the bans went into effect, two hospitals in Idaho have closed their obstetrics programs. The Colorado Supreme Court heard oral arguments this month in a case that could impact how ski resorts are protected from liability claims brought by injured skiers. The Miller family of Oklahoma sued Crested Butte, which is owned by Vail Resorts, after their 16-year-old daughter fell 30 feet off a chairlift and was permanently paralyzed as a result of her injuries. The family's attorney, Bruce Braley, argued to the court that signing a waiver with a ski pass should not protect a resort from liability due to the Colorado Passenger Tramway Safety Act, which governs ski lifts. Regulations adopted by the tramway board that require operators to be in a position to observe and respond to conditions exactly like the one in this case that led to Annie Miller's catastrophic injuries. 
Attorney Mike Hoffman represents Crested Butte. He argued that skiing is an inherently risky activity, which is why resorts have people sign waivers in the first place. We allow the waiver defense because no one's required to ski. It's not a practical necessity of life. It's not something that people need. And as my friends point out, people can go elsewhere to ski if they want to. Challenge Aspen, Colorado Ski Country USA, and the National Ski Areas Association have signed on to the lawsuit in support of Crested Butte. They agree with Hoffman's argument and say that if organizations that provide ski experiences to minors aren't protected from some risk, they may not be able to provide services at all. The court will issue its written ruling within the next nine months. Hiking up a mountain with a 90-pound backpack may not sound like fun to most people, but for a group of skiers in Jackson, Wyoming, this is exactly what they did on the night of February 18th. They were commemorating an historic climb by the U.S. Army's 10th Mountain Division. This specialized Army unit helped bring about the end of World War II. Similar tributes took place around the country. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KHOL's Hannah Mertzbach met up with the skiers at the top of Teton Pass. It's nearly 7 on this stormy, frigid winter night, and a group of about 8 guys in a rainbow of puffy jackets are grouped together at the base of Mount Glory, the over 1,500-foot mountain they're about to climb up and ski down. That's maxing out. (laughs) They're trying to get close to that magic number of 90 pounds. That's the weight that the 10th Mountain Division carried on their backs in their trainings. Caleb Hunger steps up to the scale, but he needs help lifting up his pack. Uh, Max is 75? 75, yeah. Oh, cool. Should be about 80. About 80. You want 10 more? No. Hunger's big black pack looks like it's bursting at the seams. It's filled with gallon jugs of water, heavy climbing gear, and a pair of skis and two firearms strapped to the outside, just for show. He says he's a bit of a history buff and even contacted some friends. The American Legion post to be like, how realistic can we make this? But it was two last minute. We've got some Germans on top with uh, with guns. (laughs) That joking voice belongs to Christian Beckwith who's organizing the evening Sufferfest. He says the event is commemorating a World War II milestone against the Germans, an ascent from the Army's 10th Mountain Division, which specialized in cold weather and mountainous terrain. Comprised of an awful lot of the country's best climbers and skiers. Beckwith says on this night in 1945, 10,000 soldiers climbed what's called Riva Ridge under darkness. It's part of an Italian mountain range where Germans were stationed as part of the Gothic Line, a series of fortified summits and ridges. They took the Germans completely by surprise, and in taking Riva Ridge, they really opened the way to breaking the Gothic Line, and they precipitated the German surrender of Italy, and that hastened the end of the war. Beckwith knows all this because he hosts a podcast on the subject. 90-pound rucksack. Story of the 10th Mountain Division and the dawn of outdoor recreation in America. A longtime mountaineer, he wanted to know more about the history of climbing in the Tetons and found that many of the members of the Mountain Division climbed in the region before the war and came back after. They fanned back out into the mountains that they'd fallen in love with when they were training. And so that resulted in an explosion in skiing and in climbing post-war. 
He says they started about 65 ski areas across the country, including Snow King and Jackson. And they helped start the Jenny Lake Rangers in Grand Teton National Park. They developed, you know, the fitness of mountain athletes, but then also the camaraderie um, that we call the Fellowship of the Rope. So they had an incredible esprit de corps. Get a hand with the pack. What's up? Oh, hand with the pack, yeah. Wyatt Sullivan helps Beckwith put his pack on. Sullivan just got back from college and is much closer to the age of the soldiers that night. Some of them were just out of high school. What does the 10th mean to him? It's a badassery and make and do with what you got. I think it means a lot to be able to work with the materials they had in that era. I think elected suffering night is the best we can do to commemorate, to, to really try and mimic their suffering. In honor, Sullivan says he has eight two-gallon jugs of water in his pack, all of which he plans to pour out at the top before the ski back down. He steps up to the scale next. Let's see. I think we're going to break it. That's almost 90. Let's go! The 90-pound rucksack! <laughs> and with that, the group sheds their warm, puffy jackets for what's sure to be a sweaty hike up Mount Glory, a fitting name, according to Beckwith. The call sign for the 10th Mountain Division is Climb to Glory, so this is somewhat appropriate. At the same time, similar hikes happened at Ski Cooper, Colorado, where the 10th Mountain Division learned to ski, and at another training location outside Lake Placid in New York. And to keep the memory of these men alive, Beckwith hopes more mountain communities take part next year. For K-12 News, I'm Hannah Mersbach. That story came to us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KDNK. This is KDNK News.